Thanks for joining us today for Bread of Life, a ministry of Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. At the core of our ministry is the conviction that Christ is our sufficiency in all things. Our prayer is that the message today might bring your thoughts near to Christ's abundant grace. To contact us, please call us at 208-331-4096. That number again is 208-331-4096. And now here for a brief introduction is our speaker, Joel Van Hoogen. When we read the Psalms, we must know that the great fulfillment of their points of longing and their expressions of hope and the heights of the praise are all met in the person of Jesus Christ. Psalm 68 is a song of progressive witness to the power of God among his people, and it ends with the people of God in Jerusalem shouting out to all the nations to sing praises to God, for he is awesome in his holy places. And we now must consider what is the content that our praise should be before the Lord Jesus in the place of highest worship. And three things we'll note from this psalm. First, we'll see that we are to praise Him because He daily loads us with benefits. Secondly, He daily carries all our burdens. And finally, thirdly, we consider today that we are to praise Him and will praise Him because from Him alone comes escapes from death. He brings us out from physical death and He delivers us from spiritual death. And His will be a deliverance from eternal, everlasting death through His resurrection power. Let's look at the last thing it says here. He brings us escapes from death. He brings to us escapes from death. In fact, the very name God is the God of salvation means God is the God of deliverances. That's actually what it says. He brings to us the escapes from death. Now, we could think of examples of this. Although it hasn't happened yet in the chronology of the psalm, not long ahead here, Daniel will rise up and say, it's true. (laughs) I survived the lion's den, and I know he brings escapes from death. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would say, it's true, we... We said to the king that our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace, and he did. He brings escapes from death. They could say it's true. And we might also ourselves begin to remember those occasions when we know God or we trust that God has brought us escapes from death. You know, those moments when you're driving and you're not thinking what you're doing and you realize you just drove through a red light in a very busy intersection and all of a sudden, oh God, thank you. You protected me. You watched over me. I was so foolish. Actually, I was thinking the other day of uh, two stories that one of my uncles has shared with me. Uh, He shared one story years ago, how he was driving in Portland, Oregon, and he saw a semi-truck pull under the road, and it was rainy, and he lost control of his car, and he was going right through, at at a high speed, right through in between the headlights of the semi-truck. And he said, the amazing thing was I closed my eyes, embraced myself, and the next thing I know, uh, the semi-truck is on the other side of my car, and I'm just stalled out in the middle of the road. And I have no idea. I cannot give any explanation to you what happened. It's as if God brought my car right through the middle of that semi-truck. Interestingly, not very long ago, he shared another story where he was driving back through the Columbia River Gorge, and the rain had been pouring down there, and his car was moving along and the car began to hydroplane and spin and spin 
and the car spun out into a driveway or a check stop on the middle of that road, and it hit that road and spun out into the parking lot right there and came to rest. After he was done, he went out to look at it, and he drove by later to look at it again, and there was a cliff all the way along that road, and everywhere that you would have gone off the road going 65 miles an hour, you would have gone over the edge of a cliff, and there was only one spot, one brief little spot as you're driving along where you could have spun out into a safe place, and that's exactly where he spun out. God delivers us from death, but I don't really think that's what this passage is talking about. I think if we look within the passage and we understand it, I think what we see here is that it comes to us in the context of what immediately follows it, which is judgments. The judgment that God brings upon the rebellious. And what they're saying is God brings to us escape from the deaths of judgment. God delivers us from His own divine retribution. God gives us escape from His divine work of bringing a balance against sin and holding up the scales of His justice. And here is where salvation is expressed, isn't it? Here is where the ultimate deliverance from death comes. When the Lord Jesus entered into the tomb and died for our sins and rose again from the grave, He broke open the unyielding door of death and God's unalterable judgments against sin. And He did it by bearing the sin for us and entering to death for us and then rising again from the dead on our behalf so that death cannot stand against us. He delivers, it says, He delivers or provides escapes from death. Now, that's an interesting thing. Multiple escapes from one death. God gave the sentence to a man, in the day that you sin, you will surely die. What Adam and Eve didn't understand at that point in time is that that death that took place when they first fell into sin was immediate, but it wasn't conclusive that there were a succession of the expressions of that death, that death would find its way expressed in her life in three different ways. And for us, we find escapes from all of these three expressions. When they sinned, at that very moment, they died spiritually, and immediately they became separated from God. And they were no longer in relationship with Him, but they were alienated from Him, and they had become enemies of God in their sin. And that's death. That's spiritual death, and that's the condition of the vast majority of people in the world today. They are in their sins, separated from the God who made them. And yet when a person gives their life to Jesus Christ and finds their sins forgiven, their lives become temples of the Holy Spirit and they're brought into reconciliation and they're reconciled with God. Here's a good definition for reconciliation. It's to kiss and make up. You're brought back from relational death or spiritual death to have a relationship with God. There's an escape for you. Another death that comes upon individuals is physical death. And by the way, we've said this plenty of times, but death in the Bible always brings with it the connotation of separation. And so spiritual death is the separation from a relationship with God. And physical death, physical death is when your body and your spirit separate from one another. If, by the way, you die physically at the same time that you are spiritually separated from God and your sins, you will come upon the third kind of death, which is eternal death. And so Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27 says, It's appointed unto man once to die, and then the judgment. In other words, you'll die physically once, 
There will be a judgment to see if you are dead spiritually in your sins. And if so, you will experience forever and unending separation of eternal death, separated from the presence of God. And Christ has provided escapes from this death. Escapes from spiritual death. Escapes from physical death even. Listen. And ultimately escape from everlasting death. Romans 6.23 is a verse that we cling to and hold to and proclaim to others. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He's provided a way in which through Him I might never be separated spiritually from God, but that He would live in me and I would live in Him and we would be right in relationship with one another. I don't need to fear eternal separation either because I am told that nothing will separate me. Nothing will separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. We read about it in Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39. Including that is, physical death will not separate me. Paul says, I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, or demons, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor any height, nor any depth, nor anything that has ever been created shall separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. But listen, what the Bible also says is for the person who's put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, physical death takes on a whole new dimension that the world doesn't know. For us, its threat is removed from us completely. What it means for us instead is not an end or a final separation, but it simply means the sleep of our bodies until God wakes them up again. In fact, our bodies sleep and are laid in the grave. What it says of our spirits is this, to be absent from the body is what? To be present with the Lord. We're with Him. We're in His presence. Death has not created any threat for us. And that body that lies within the grave, what does God promise? That one day He'll return again and that there will be a trump that will sound and our bodies will be relinquished from the graves and our spirits that are present with Christ will be reunited to a glorified body. And then it says, so we shall ever be with the Lord. And even death, that physical death, will lose its sting. And grave will be robbed of its victory. The grave will be robbed of its victory. And Christ will demonstrate in every way, spiritually, physically, eternally, He brings to us escapes from the multi-dimensions of sin and death. That's what it's singing about. That's what's been given to us. Here's what I can expect then. I can expect a load of blessing in my life. I can expect a God who loads Himself with my burdens. And I can expect and know that through Him I have escaped every sentence of death. Every sentence of death. What I know as well, this God is going to bring about an ultimate victory in which I will share in. And I will reign with Him as a king and as princes in His just place on the earth. And that all nations will come and bow before Him and He will reign. He will reign. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. It is in light of this that David commands us to bless the Lord. In light of this that we sing our praises. It is in light of this that David says that God, you are more awesome than all the awesome places that you established for us in which to give you praise. It is the cumulative effect of counting our blessings, of trusting that you are a burden-bearing God and rejoicing in our deliverance from death, that we praise you and bless you. 
How will it happen, Lord? What will it be in us that brings blessing to you? But through Jesus Christ alone, receiving all these gifts and counting them by faith is true. Not simply receiving them, but delighting in them, rejoicing in them, finding our full satisfaction in the disposal of this great wealth given to us, and being at rest and peace. God, you are glorified. You are blessed. When we enjoy the blessing. And so, God, we thank you for what you've given us. We praise your name. And as we delight in these things, may we just keep looking and glancing up to you. (laughs) May we see not simply the things but the pierced hand from which they come and recognize the precious blood that was shed to acquire for us every little thing so that we might bring glory to your name. Now we take these things, the small and the great. We gather them around ourselves, accoutrements of our praise to you. And we say, indeed, we are blessed. God, now, help us to realize we've been blessed to be a blessing to you and to others. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to The Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. For a copy of this broadcast, just call us at 208-331-4096. Until the next time, God bless you.